Stop whatever you're doing and observe what's around you. Where are you right now? In bed? In a classroom? What's the weather like? What time is it? Who are you with and what are they like? These questions aren't meant to sound intrusive, but they're questions that we need to ask ourselves in order to be more self-aware. Self-aware about our emotions and about how the environment around us can trigger those emotions. What's up everybody, Korean Thomas here and welcome to Serotonin Episode 1, the show that explores the complexities in our ever-increasingly social lives and seeks out ways to bring more happiness into those lives that we live. Do we ever stop and observe our environment, not just by how we interact with it physically, but how it makes us feel mentally? Your environment is much more than just a setting. It shapes your choices, which ultimately shape how you feel. Choices like the type of work you do, the kinds of places you visit, or the people you spend the most time with. Sometimes we even focus on other people's choices instead of thinking about our own. And as we get older, there are more people we wanna meet and more experiences we're curious to acquire, which ultimately design these choices. You could be alone, swiping through pictures of friends hanging out at the beach, wishing you had a significant other to take you around the world, or being pressed about new opportunities and experiences that promise to change your life for the better. This fear of missing out, or FOMO, can sometimes force you to do things that you never wanted to do in the first place. While this may seem like a kind of millennial altruism, it ends up limiting our own ability and agency in the world. These choices that we don't even think twice about can have a huge effect on our behavior and our ability to focus. Sometimes any conscious choice that we make is interrupted by someone you run into on the street, stuff that pops up on your screen, or nearby temptations. Being spontaneous isn't always bad, but when you know that there's things that you have to do for yourself, it's sometimes hard to say no to all of these distractions. And when you do give in to these distractions, you fall back into the same routine that leaves you exhausted and unmotivated. You come back being the same person you did not want to be yesterday. But let me ask you, does it always have to be this way? Sometimes what may look like a personal problem is often a situational problem. I know I sometimes shrug off the option to change something in my life because I think that's just the way I am. But maybe Maybe the answer is just as easy as changing a couple of things in your routine and your environment that allow you to be the best version of yourself. So how do we start? How do we design an environment for ourselves that promotes good behaviors and blocks us from the bad ones? The first step in answering that question is to closely study our environment and highlight our own healthy behaviors and the behaviors of those around us. By acquiring an accurate perception of real social norms in our environment, we can design a path that leads us to positive change. Someone who can help us understand this idea a bit better is Sally Dover, the former director of the University of Virginia's Stalsey Journal. I'm Sally Dover. I am the Data Initiatives and Evaluation Specialist here in the Office of Health Promotion, which is part of Student Health, which is part of Student Affairs at UVA. And I've been here about four years, but the Stalsey Journal has been in place since 1999, um, so almost 20 years. Stalsey Journals are posters that are installed in bathroom stalls all around the university that put a spotlight on healthy behaviors and self-care strategies. It started um, really to focus on high-risk drinking, and it still addresses high-risk drinking, but at this point it's a lot broader. Um, so you may have noticed that there, in addition to alcohol and other substance use, there are issues on sleep and relationships and visiting family and sexual health and nutrition and exercise. The principle that we base our posters on is called the PI principle. That's an acronym. It stands for positive, inclusive, and empowering. So the positive piece means that we are 
encouraging healthy norms, healthy behaviors. We're not highlighting problems. We're not um, accusing people. We're not blaming people. We're not talking down to anyone. Um, so they all have a really positive tone. They're inclusive, which means that they um, they speak to the broad diversity of our student body. They're not intended to target a certain subgroup of students. And lastly, they're empowering, which means that they don't just they don't just accuse someone of having a problem um, or help people realize that they have a problem, but to say this is what um, we want people to do. These are options that you can take to take care of yourself and take care of your friends so that people can take really positive actions as a result of what they read. A good way to make the first step in changing a habit or routine is to start by assessing what works for you. Look at the things that you do positively, make them inclusive of your personal standards, and empower yourself with options. What relieves your stress? When do you notice yourself putting out your best work? In what situations do you feel the most confident? What people in your life make you feel the most like yourself? It's okay to experiment and make mistakes. Sometimes you might spend too long on an assignment and feel imbalanced. Sometimes you'll form a friendship that doesn't actually pan out. Maybe you're in a relationship, but you're not actually ready for one. Know that at any point in your life, you can stop trying to be the best at everything and instead be the best version of yourself. Collecting personal data by writing in a journal or keeping short notes online will give you more insight on how to reframe a bad situation and help you discover what gives you good energy. A couple of the things that we've noticed since we started this project, um, like I said, in 1999, so we've been collecting data for a long time. And at that time, um, there was high-risk drinking, and there weren't a lot of protective behaviors being used by large numbers of students. So when I say protective behaviors, I mean things that help keep you safe when you're drinking. So staying with a friend, planning a safe ride home, eating food before drinking, uh, asking your friends to let you know when you've had enough, things like that. So those protective behaviors were low, um, but high-risk drinking was high, and so we were seeing a lot of negative outcomes uh, related to alcohol. But the Stolsey Journal has really focused on reducing the high-risk drinking and increasing the use of protective behaviors, and we've seen major changes in those areas. So students are less likely to be engaged in high-risk drinking than they were around 2000, and they are also much more likely to be using protective behaviors. So staying with a friend, eating food, alternating with water, uh, making sure that they're not riding home with a driver who's been drinking, things like that. So all of that translates to less bad stuff happening after people drink. Um, so even though there is still alcohol use, it's happening in a much safer way. Taking care of yourself isn't always a simple task, but it can be easy with some minor changes to your environment. After collecting your personal data, you can start outlining strategies to maximize what you want to accomplish. We've been collecting data more recently on coping behaviors because often what what university counseling centers collect is how many students came for visits. Um, and that can be, it can be sort of hard to interpret, like is an increase in service utilization, does that mean that there are more students who have mental health issues? Or does it mean the same number of students are impacted but more students are seeking help? Like it's, it's hard to know. Right? So we're really looking at coping behaviors, like what are students doing to take care of themselves and their friends? Are they journaling? Are they practicing mindfulness? Are they talking to friends about their problems? Do they have um, 
a staff or faculty person here or somewhere else who's like a mentor to them that they feel like they can talk to? Um, do they have like one close friend that they feel like they can rely on? Are they doing things to build relationships with others? Are they volunteering their time to serve others? So we're really excited about seeing like how much students are doing to take care of themselves. Like most college students, I encounter a lot of things that give me stress and cause me to exhaust myself. If things aren't working out for you and you're just getting frustrated by the end of each day, stop and breathe. Reframe your situation. Take a look around and see how you can make a more convenient setting for yourself. Maybe the library is more distracting than you thought it would be. Work in your room if that's a better spot to focus and get some work done. Maybe the notifications that keep popping up on your phone are causing you more stress than your actual assignment. Little things like turning off your notifications or putting your phone in your backpack can ease the need to check it. Your time is extremely valuable, so setting limits on how much you use your device can ensure you're maximizing what life has to offer. You can also design your ideal environment by building your own social circle of people with similar interests and values as you. Maybe you're sick of going out to the same place with the same group every weekend. Don't be afraid to reach out to a group of new people to just chill at home or go downtown and explore. Being around people you respect and observing their lifestyles can have a tremendous effect on your own behaviors and habits, and sometimes for the better. Designing your environment also means designing your online environment to shape your perception of what's actually happening around you, aka social media media, aka not reality. The kinds of things you see on your social media makes it easy for you to think that you're missing out. As hard as it might seem, you should take a leap of faith and unfollow those accounts that don't really mean anything to you. Instead of drowning yourself in the same kinds of posts, commenting the same stuff, follow accounts that bring you inspiration to motivate you to accomplish the goals you're set to achieve. Bring in the positive energy that you need into your life. Another aspect in your routine that strongly affects the perception you have on yourself and the way you react towards your environment is your sleep and your downtime. We always encourage our students to prioritize self-care. Um, college can be an environment that prides itself on not getting much sleep um, or sort of transitioning from one activity to another without a lot of breaks during the day. And so we encourage students to practice sort of basic daily self-care, get some sleep at night, Eat some nourishing meals during the day. Get out and move around. You know, give your mind a rest. Give your body some activity. So those things are all just basic ingredients for a healthy lifestyle um, that are important regardless of, you know, where you are in life um, or what's going on. So those things can help a lot, especially, especially sleep. Um, sleep is something that has a big impact on people's overall well-being so I think everyone knows if you don't get enough sleep you feel tired but people don't always appreciate how it impacts other aspects of of their lives so sleep is necessary for learning and for memory and for concentration and focus so often if a student hasn't had enough sleep it's going to be harder for them to be doing their work you know efficiently um, whereas if they were maybe a, a bit better rested they might be able to do the same amount of schoolwork in a smaller amount of time um, sleep is also really important for emotional regulation. So if you've ever had an experience in life where you were kind of sleep deprived and then you got upset about something and you said, I don't know why I'm so upset. This isn't really that big of a deal. Um, but that that's a pretty common occurrence. Um, and the reason it becomes a big deal is because you haven't had enough sleep to to sort of even out your emotional regulation that you're not able to cope with smaller things that normally um, normally you would feel fine about. 
but dealing with our mental health shouldn't just be limited to designing environments that benefit our own well-being. We can also help ourselves by making environments that are more enjoyable for other people. When I was younger, my mom stressed that I'd be sure to include everybody in whatever I did. At first, I was confused why she insisted that I invite people that I knew others might not vibe well with or weren't as close to. But later, as I have grown up and I've started going to college and started being on my own, I realized how much it means to be included and to be a part of a circle. We always want to encourage the self-care no matter what's going on. Um, we also want to encourage students to prioritize their relationships with the people around them and that goes both directions. That means like being vulnerable with someone else when you're having a hard time and saying I'm having a hard time. Um, but that also means the reverse, like paying attention to how other people are doing and taking time to sit down and listen to your friend even even when it's not convenient or you also have a busy schedule. And that doesn't mean that we expect students to be therapists for their peers, but just the listening piece, you know, the taking time and saying like, you're important, your problems are important, and I care about you, um, goes a long way. Um, having, having like one good friend, I don't mean it has to be a best friend um, or that it can't be more, but just like ha identifying like one good person that you have a good relationship with is considered like one of the biggest indicators of mental health. Um, so really encouraging people to develop those relationships. Being aware of how you are around your surroundings also means paying attention to the resources around you. If you sense things are getting really tough in your mind and you feel like you're absolutely going to lose it, don't be afraid to check in with the support system around you. Often people can benefit from some form of therapy or counseling and we always want to encourage people to pursue those resources. Um, there's there's, there's no harm, like there's no, there's no reason in thinking, oh, I should wait until things get really bad or, <laughs> or even worse um, to get help. You can get help anytime and we want to encourage people to get professional help um, whenever, whenever they feel like that might benefit them. Yeah. Um, it's, just, it's just an opportunity to learn more coping skills. So anytime someone wants to get better at dealing with stress is a good time to seek professional support. It's typical for us to think that when we need a change, we need enormous amounts of willpower, when in fact, tweaking our environment can play just as big a factor in shaping the way we think and the way we act. You can sense an environment that makes you happy, and you can also sense an environment that makes you feel stressed. How you react in each of these situations teaches you a little bit more about yourself. Each and every one of us has the ability to design our own environment and cultivate the thoughts that we want. If you don't like what's being talked about, change the conversation. If you don't like going out with the crowd that's going out tonight, go with a different crowd that's staying in. If you have choices around you that are distracting or causing you to procrastinate on your goals, it becomes extremely hard to make the choices that are right for you. Instead, create an environment that only has desirable choices and forces you to do what's important for you. Well, that's all for me. Thank you so much for listening. If you know anyone in your life that could use an extra dose of serotonin, send this to them. You can find our podcast online at teach.fm or check it out on SoundCloud or iTunes. And please be sure to rate this podcast and be be sure to leave a comment to tell us what you enjoyed or how we should improve.